0: All right, I'm having a sound issue. Just give us a second. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you're back. You're back in real time. I'm back.
1: See, if I talk shit about New York, that's what happens.
0: All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's another week of Are You Gonna Stay with me, Laura Hemingway, your host. And today on the show, my guest is Sachin. Sachin, I should have asked you before we started, how do you pronounce your last name? Because I don't want to mess it up.
1: It is very complex. Most Americans don't get it. Most Indians don't get it. So it's it's Srinivasan, which isn't the most easiest name to pronounce, but it's Srinivasan.
0: Srinivasan.
1: Yes. Perfect. You said okay. it perfectly.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay. So I like to start mm-hmm. the show with the same question for all my guests. Um, mm-hmm. All of my guests are New Yorkers. And my one question for you as a New Yorker, mm-hmm. are you going to stay?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I want to stay here as long as I can. They'll have to kick me out of this place. They'll have to throw me in the Hudson <laughs> for me to leave this place. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I imagine like an army comes in and tries to push me towards the cliff. And it's like I know how to swim. I'm gonna to go to Staten Island, but <laughs> I'm gonna stay. Yes, definitely for sure.
0: How are you so confident in 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 this city?
1: Uh, how am I so confident? I I feel like. The, the city requires you to be confident or at least fake it really well. You can't really be in this city and be like, you know, um, uh, nervous or, you know, halfway confident or just be like, I think I can, or I might be able to do, you can't, you don't have uh, places. This place is not a maybe city. It's a yes or no city. And uh, I just feel like that's what's important to be able to say, I mean, even if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But even then, during the time that you're here in the city, you just have to be, yes, I'm going to do this. No, I'm not going to do this. Otherwise someone's like, get the fuck out of my way. That's that's what the city is like. And I like that energy. I mean, it's like you either, it's fight or flight basically. You either stay here and fight it out or fly away to a softer city that will welcome you. So maybe go to Hoboken. I don't know.
0: (laughs) What are you fighting for here?
1: I'm fighting for art. I'm fighting for uh, the way uh, to still live the way that we want to live. I'm fighting uh, for it to not, not be like a plastic City, you know, it, this is, isn't a city where it, it's not plastic. It's like anyone who, who goes out well decked and everything, even then, you still want to go and get, I don't know, pizza at McDougal's Food or something like that. You still, still want to, like, on the outside, you might put many layers to, uh, you know, defend yourself or at least, like, fit in. But I, I feel like it just allows you to be the way you want to be. And I think that's important. That's something that needs to be saved, no matter how uh how unacceptable it is sometimes, or no matter how it doesn't fit in the way the world is going. So I don't know, it it just feels like there are two extremes right now. It's either a place where you act outwardly and behave as though everything's hunky-dory, like like social media, like we're living in the Mm -hmm. world of social media. Yes. Everyone's presenting a curated version of themselves. And I don't want to do that. I I want to be able to be authentic.
0: Why don't you catch up the audience on your median, your median, Mm -hmm. your medium of Mm -hmm. art, how -hmm. that's going for you and how like what you're talking about authenticity and not being fake and not being plastic um, plays into your work um, as an artist of this medium.
1: Uh, so I am I uh, used to be a writer so I used to be behind the screen like you know that's what where I met you uh, in film school and I used to be pretty shy I used to be pretty quiet I still am (laughs) but it's like I've been quiet and shy for so long that it's just like a part of me says you know what just be the way you want to be so that's why I, I do comedy now so that's the main focus. So it's like everything that I try to do, like even in life and gender, it's just about trying to be like, you know, if this happens, if if I see a rat running through the subway, can I do five minutes on stage about it? So it's all about trying to make jokes and making light of things um, because everything's serious and you read, watch the news and everything and you just want to be like, you know, where is the humor? Where is... I mean, so I'm, I'm focusing on humor right now, especially stand-up. Uh, it's not really uh, humor writing or writing for the film or writing for TV, but stand-up is very different. So I'm, I'm focusing on stand-up right now. Stand-up is the medium that I've chosen for the past two years at least, or maybe it chose me after. after I, I, I may mean, have spoken to you uh, about this before. Like I got rejected from a bunch of jobs. 3,000 of them and I was getting form emails and I was like you know what if you really want to reject me reject me to my face so I think that's when I kind of became a New Yorker as well where I was like you know what you're gonna you're gonna try to suppress me if you want to suppress me suppress me to my face not on an email Uh, which is why I chose stand up and it's like stand up it's like you against the world Um, and it really helps you to be able to condense your thoughts in a manner that's kind of entertaining to people as well because they're giving you five minutes of your time and you have to make it worth their while because they're not really there to sit and listen to you. They're there to laugh. So if you don't make them laugh, if you don't make the audience laugh, they don't really care about you, Um, which is what I like about the medium. like There's a definite end goal in mind. No matter what you do, it's focused, it's geared towards one thing, and, uh, it's kind of liberating, so to speak, because it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't even matter what you're saying or what you're doing. It only, all that matters is whether, whether the audience is laughing or not. So it's very audience oriented, which is what I like about the medium, but it also has a freedom that very few other, um, forms of art have, like you can express yourself in a myriad of ways but can you express yourself in five minutes live in front of people? That's the challenge. And that's what makes it, uh, makes it exciting.
0: Where are you coming up? Cause I think of comedians in New York city, I, I feel like they always talk about the clubs that they started in and, and the, mm-hmm. the troops that they started in. Where, where mm-hmm. are you now? Where are you performing and, and uh, who are you performing with? And can you, mm-hmm. can you tell us a bit about like your, uh, like walk us through like a, a, a
1: a night of comedy for you a night of comedy uh right now since i'm on uh, on the come up i'm still uh, like trying to find uh, avenues for me to be able to perform so usually it's open mics at different bars but it's also i also get booked on shows sometimes and i uh i was performing at a club called lol comedy club on times square uh, and I have been booked there several times. I was a regular there. I was doing check spots there. wasn't really being paid, but it's uh, at that club I I can go back. But since I've been rusty, I took a, a, a sabbatical of sorts because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still like still getting back into that space where I can perform live in front of people. So I'm building my material right now. So it's usually at clubs. I do uh, an open mic at Pinky Space on First Street, East First Street. And uh, I'm also doing a podcast with my uh, friend. He's also a comedian. It's Farooq Hussain. We're on uh, all platforms. Um, It's called Non Bread Podcast. And we talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. eh?
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. We'll put a, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can listen to your podcast. Yes.
1: I would greatly appreciate that because we need, we need listeners. eh? Yeah.
0: Me too. (laughs) too. Of
1: course we could do that for each other. Hopefully that's what it's about. uh, Yes, I know. Yes. It's about bringing each other up. Yeah. I know. I, I get that.
0: So where are you in like your set? Do you have like five minutes? Do you have 10 minutes?
1: I had a, ten, I had a, a definite 10-minute set, but I was so bored of doing it. I, I'm just like, I'm just going to dump it out. Dump it out in a sense. Keep it on the back burner and get it out if, if I'm... You know, because the pandemic has made pre-pandemic life kind of like irrelevant. So everything has to like tie up, tie back into what normal life now is like. So right now I'm trying to get material that's for more focused on this time in our lives. Uh I had a, a definite 10 15 even uh and I constantly keep writing uh that's how that's how I develop my material by constantly writing. So I'm for for every 15 minutes of uh solid jokes that I have, I have maybe 2 3 hours of jokes that I think might work but I'm just like in the process of refining and fine tuning these bits that I think work better than the others. Um, There's like material that keeps coming up. So every time I go to a mic, I try to do something. I try to get like 10, 20, 30 seconds out of it. So uh, I have a bunch of stuff, but it's just coming out slowly. So I'm going to try, I have to try to go back to it. It's like 20, 30 pages of stuff that I haven't gone back to. And there is a lot of stuff there. So I need to like figure that out because... Every single random thought that comes to my head, I just go to the notes app and just fucking type something. So it's there, but I need to work on it more.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That I, I wondered if you hadn't like shopped yourself out of your last set because you were saying you were in a sabbatical and it's so uh, early in your career to take a sabbatical. But I know. With like you said, the pandemic has changed so much, and I can imagine with audiences, it must be really weird. Do you guys have live audiences? I know that, like even before the pandemic, I saw a couple like comedy specials and comedy shows, and there was a lot of complaining about audiences. Uh, oh. people walking into the room basically without a sense of humor. How do you feel like do you feel like audiences are? Are, is that an accurate description of an audience to you? And has like that evolved? Has that changed since the pandemic?
1: See, this is what I feel. It's like most of the stuff that we th- talk about, about people getting offended at things and people uh, commenting on what another comedian has done or any joke that a comedian puts out and then you see a bunch of tweets and retweets and people calling them out and all of that. I think it just happens in the social media arena. Mm -hmm. It's like when you have people, audiences live and they're listening to the stuff that you say, most of them are receptive. It's just like the odd one that's, that's a problem. And I mean, I, I want to kind of want to disagree and kind of want to agree with these things because it's like, some of them, some of the work, uh, some of the criticism that the critics have about comedy and everything is valid. It's very valid where you, you're like, this is insensitive. That's just plain racist. And that's just mean. But it's like humor happens at the expense of someone or something. And when comedians are trying stuff out, it's the only medium where you're trying, you're writing something and editing and an audience is involved in the feedback process and the editing process itself it's like oh this worked with 10 audiences so i'm gonna put this as a sure shot winner uh and this didn't work it worked with one audience this didn't work with another so i'm gonna like put it aside and work on other things it's not like you write something you workshop it and with fellow professionals obviously and then you have a couple of readers and then they give you feedback and then you sit down and write and edit and stuff like that it's for comedy it's like you put it out to a few people then you go and perform on stage and the, it's, the audience gives you feedback then you refine it a little bit and then you go back again and do it so the criticism is kind of valid uh, of comedians being insensitive but it's also like it's it's a medium of reactions so it's bound to happen it's not something that someone that's i think that's the beauty of it like To be able to have or get a reaction from people. No matter what it is. Negative, positive, whatever it is. Um, And it's like, it's bound to happen where someone's going to react negatively. Someone's going to react positively. Uh, And I think it's been the case. I was just watching something from the 90s. And even then, comedians were talking about uh, PC culture and everything. So it's been there forever. So I don't think anyone... I mean, like, I, I don't think... Uh, comedians if you're on the comedian side and you're saying it's pc culture and it, it this is ruining comedy and everything it just feels like it's been there forever it's just no one was tweeting stuff out no one had access to the new york times like every single day you couldn't go and write something about what someone did or performed or something like that you just have to you had to wait you had to wait in like cafes and stuff like that and give criticism to people in person. And now it's just there for everyone to see. So it just feels like it's a lot. And I mean, I don't know if canceling is the way to go. It's that's a bit too much. That cancel culture and everything. Yeah, some of it is obviously horrible. You see, uh, I mean, there are positive effects of that as well. But I mean it's it's a mixture of both, but I think it's always existed. So mm-hmm. you can't really blame the current climate and be like oh this sucks i can't do you can't do that you either are with jokes uh, and you're ready to face the backlash or ready to face the heat or you're not so it depends on how you take the medium
0: I want to go back to something you said about becoming a real New Yorker. You mentioned Mm -hmm. the moment that you decided to take all of the rejection you had in -hmm. in the career space to the stage and Mm -hmm. it transformed you in a way that you became, I guess, a harder, more, maybe a more hardened exterior Mm -hmm. or some, maybe that's not accurate, a more, um, uh, embodied version of yourself, I'll say, which is not at all the track of thought that I was going down. But uh, how much do you bring your experience as a New Yorker onto stage with you? How much of it is in your routine? How much of it is in your bit? And um, what would you describe, since I did such a bad job of it, what what would you describe the feeling of being a New Yorker?
1: Oh, no, you did a great job of it because that's what I was going through (laughs) in that transitional period so it's like i don't think anyone's i mean being unless you're born in new york itself like born in new york city anyone's ever felt really safe but i mean safe in the sense i'm not talking about uh, crime or anything i'm just talking about your position in the city it's like it's it's a city of migrants it just feels like everyone's come from everywhere else and come into the city so i mean people who speak negatively about the city it just doesn't register with me because it's like you came you did all of these things and you came and this is what the city is it's always been and it's always got any great city goes through its state of transition and you either evolve with it or you get left behind so you either evolve during the pandemic or you just were like you know what i'm going to bide my time so I don't know. I just feel like my uh, when I look at my bits and when I go on stage, it's I try to present myself as much as I can. Um, but it has to be like cushioned between three ridiculous jokes about, say, blueberry-flavored water, um, <laughs> which is kind of like a bit I'm doing. So it's like you have to... For me, it's it's just the idea of America. It's like just difficult to fathom even though i've been here for a while it just feels like there's so many it's a country of excesses and each time i see something ridiculous i'm just like it's like in india we had seasonal fruit you know you have mangoes mangoes are only in summer you don't get mangoes uh, in december so you just have to deal with it so and here you are. oh i can get dragon fruit and cranberry i'm like it doesn't even it's not even supposed to grow here why do you have it so it's like you can't have access to everything. I mean, anyway, that's beside the point. But it just feels—it just feels like um, I have. I mean, I try to bring all of these experiences. I try to. I try to not do. Oh, in America, it's like this. In India, it's like that. But I'm trying to do a bit of that as well because that's what people like. Because they li- like to see what it is like uh, outside the country as well. Plus, then I also try to do some stuff that is particular, like very individualistic, but where it's my own personal experience. And then I try to do general stuff as well. It can be satire, because I am I am a political person, although I shouldn't be, because I don't have that kind of agency. But uh, it's just it's just fun to talk about politics sometimes because I. People take it seriously and they should take it seriously because they're invested in it. But it's just ridiculous how people still think politicians are going to do the right thing as if they're just going to be there in that position of power and just go like, you know what, I have a responsibility for those uh, hundreds of thousands of people who gave me their money. What happens when you give a business a money? <laughs> You've lost it. You either get a product or you you get a good product or a bad product. And they're not really selling a product, they're selling a service. And services can be bad all the time because it's your personal experience. And, you know, it's just kind of strange to me to see people take politics seriously as well. So it's just like I get a mix of all of these things and I try to present a version of me in five minutes, which is difficult. But, I mean, I enjoy the challenge of it.
0: Well, just like in a response to what you said, I feel like because you're I think because of your lack of agency, as you put it politically, that's that makes you one of the perfect people to comment on it, because that Mm -hmm. would be very much in the American tradition to -hmm. criticize politics from the outside uh, Mm -hmm. migrant point of view. Um, To like just go back to when we met, we -hmm. were in film school. Was that your first year? In New that York? was
1: that was my yeah that that was my first year yes. Yeah.
0: How long have you been here?
1: I have been here since twenty sixteen.
0: Cool. Okay, that's like five years now.
1: Yeah, it's going to be five years. It's going in to be August. five
0: years. So yes. I want to like float a question by you that I like to ask mm-hmm. my guests. Mm-hmm. So, like, come with me on a journey. It's your first okay. year in the city. Mm-hmm what immediately comes to mind it could be a place a person or a smell
1: mm-hmm. well there were, there were a bunch of smells so I'm not going towards the smells <laughs> but uh, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm going to go towards uh if I if I could go towards a feeling uh, it was uh It was outside the New York Times building. It was kind of windy, kind of not, because I think it was, since I was in, it was in August, towards the end of August, it gets a bit chilly sometimes. Um, So I was there in the middle of the afternoon because I wanted to see Times Square, but I'm there around. I just wanted to go grab something to eat. So I was outside the New York Times building and I suddenly felt tiny i felt like i'm insignificant like this building could crush me and it won't even be reported in the news because they would go the new york times building has fallen for first of all and (laughs) and they'd be like oh yeah something we found a limb somewhere but it would just be like that that feeling of feeling like two inches small where you could get crushed and You feel like there's no one around you. Like the first time you see like a skyscraper, Uh, it's not like I haven't seen skyscrapers in uh, Mumbai, but it's just like you're surrounded by them. So it's like, it feels like what if one of these collapses and there's no way out? So that was the feeling that I had at that time.
0: Cool. I feel like that's like very akin to when you look at the stars and you feel that like really infinitesimal, universal Mm -hmm. feeling.
1: Yeah, I know. But I I, I don't fear the star, though. I don't look at the sun and go, you know, what What would it be like to be on the surface? Because I, don't, I never plan to go to the sun, as should no one else. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: it's just... All right, I'm having a sound issue. Just give us a second. All right. Yeah. yeah, you're back. You're back in real time. I'm
1: back. See, if I talk shit about New York, that's what happens. Yeah, but... there you go.
0: Lesson <laughs> learned.
1: Yes. See, this is how I felt. It's like... If you say anything about us, we would just crush you. And I'm like, what, how, how does anyone imagine? Like, how does anyone live a life here? And that's what I felt in the beginning. And then slowly, but surely that's what, that's the thing I'm talking about getting intimidated and then fighting back it was again, that feeling that, you know, what are you going to do here? Because no one speaks a language. Everyone speaks different languages. And then I went to a Delhi or someplace and they spoke Hindi so I was
0: like yeah I'm fine I'll be fine okay cool I want to like take us toward the uh, end of the interview we're going to wrap it up in our last uh, few minutes Mm -hmm. with some just fun quick questions they can be one word answers or if it takes you someplace like a feeling um, I'm happy to go down that journey so okay all right first question favorite restaurant
1: favorite restaurant Uh, can I say a deli yeah. Yeah. So I used to live at this place uh, in Fresh Meadows uh, on 168th Street. It was a, it was a deli called Double J Deli. They used to make these sandwiches that were, uh, I'll describe the whole thing. It's it's a bread that's toasted bread. Then you have, I think, uh, Chipotle Mayo. And then you have um, <clears throat> roast beef. You have bacon. And you have an avocado, then you have caramelized onions and uh, they put, uh, I think some sort of, uh, they, they put some sort of hot sauce on it, hot sauce and mayo and damn, it was, we used to, me and my roommate, we used to have that every single weekend. That was our party. So we would have that, grab a six pack from the 7-Eleven right across the street. So that's, that's my favorite place in America.
0: Yeah, I'm salivating. That sounds so good and I don't know how anybody's going to listen to this and not eat a sandwich afterwards.
1: You have to go get this Double J Deli. Everyone like just go get get it. It's a hot sand. It's amazing. I would kill someone for it.
0: <laughs> okay, next question. Favorite park.
1: Favorite park uh Bryant Park because it's in the middle of the city. You can go and chill and, and read a book and yet not be away from the city.
0: Awesome. I love that park too. Um, okay. Best place to escape the city. Do you ever get out of town?
1: Um, uh, no, <laughs> <A>. <laughs> but uh, if I would, I mean, Saturn Island feels far enough <laughs> when I'm on the ferry. Uh, but uh, I have to say, if, if I had to say uh, talk about a good place outside the city, I think I'd been to Niagara once, uh, Niagara Falls, and it's beautiful. I, I would. I don't understand how so many people live in America but have haven't been there. But you have to go there. Please go there. I mean go go take a sip of the water if you can. No, you can't do that. No, try. <laughs> but try, I don't know. You can try. You're a New Yorker, go do it.
0: Okay, awesome. Uh favorite subway line.
1: Favorite subway line? Um I think the G train. The, yes the g i like the g train because it starts I, i've always taken the starting train and it's kind of regular it's it's not really erratic i've never had a stop on it and it's it goes to brooklyn In most of these places wherever i've gotten off i've never had a bad experience on the g train so i'm gonna say g train
0: nice i love that train i love the above part that goes through park slope
1: mm-hmm.
0: yes okay uh best kept secret in new york
1: uh best kept secret in new york
0: yeah in your new york it's different for everyone
1: in my new york best kept secret what is the best kept secret um is there anything i just gave away the whole deli so (laughs) that's that's, i gave that sandwich away that's gone but i think uh there's a halal cut in astoria um that is uh, that is right off of, what was that place? Astoria Ditmas Boulevard. It's right off, off of that. It's a really small halal cart. It's, by, it's called Hussein's Halal Cart. And uh, the halal food is very, very, very good. Oh, it's okay. very good. Yes.
0: Right on, right on. Yeah. Okay, so how did you celebrate your last birthday in New York?
1: Ooh. Wait, what did I do this year? February twenty fifth. <laughs> yes, yes. I was at a show. I was at a show. Uh, in uh, I was at a show in Jersey City. I was at a show uh, at this place called Brightside Tavern. Uh, one of my friends, Nick Cara, runs a show there Thursday evenings at eight. Uh, I went to that show. It was. I, I was supposed to do time on that show. And it was supposed to be my like getting back into the scene sort of thing. No. Uh, yes, and then uh, my friend went up on stage, and um, there was there were like these two tables sitting right in in front, and they disrupted the whole thing for the first thirty minutes. So I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm
0: oh man. This.
1: Yeah, they're just not. They didn't want to be an audience. They wanted to be on stage, but not go on stage. So
0: yeah. It was
1: it was, it was trash.
0: Ah, uh, that sucks. Those, yeah. Well, that's because you were in Jersey. Okay. Uh, worst creature in New York?
1: Worst creature in New York? Yeah. Fuckers who walk slow on the subway, man. I mean, like from seven, from like 8 to 10 in the morning, people getting down from the stairs real, real slow or going up the stairs real slow, slow one step at a time. Yeah. Get out of the way, man. I mean... Yeah. What the hell is that? I mean Yeah,
0: classic slow walkers. Yeah. I love this. Oh, answer. I hate
1: them. Yeah. At least I mean on a sidewalk or subway. God damn it. I just want to punch someone.
0: <laughs> okay. A tourist asks you for directions to Times Square. What uh-huh. do you say?
1: Uh, go to Fifth Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to Times Square. Wait to go to Times Square till uh like, right now you can go, but go to Times Square between, like, say, 3 a.m. and 5 a.m.
0: Excellent. Excellent advice, actually. Be really magical then. And yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, Fifth Avenue for the window shopping. It's yes. so much better. Yes. Okay. Favorite phrase in a New York accent?
1: I'm walking away. here. That, that's, that's, that's... <laughs> that's something that I'm
0: clapping if you guys can't hear that yes <laughs> yeah classic <laughs> all right last one mm-hmm. who's your all-time favorite new yorker
1: um all-time favorite new yorker okay it's a mix between it's it's uh, uh is larry david a new yorker i think so larry david or fran Lebowitz. I just saw her recent uh, Pretend It's a City uh, special on Netflix and she complains about a bunch of things and I was like, ah, fuck, I hate that. And then I'm like, yes, you're me. This is how I'm going to be in at that age. Like she talks about smoking and everything and she says, like there's this bit when she says, uh, I know it's bad for me, but I do it because I like it. And I, I think I like that aspect of her. So I, I'm going to say... Of uh, Fran Lebowitz,
0: solid. She, yeah, yeah, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. She actually inspired the question. She might be my answer too. Oh yeah,
1: oh, yeah. Okay. She, I loved
0: that series.
1: Uh-huh. I, I really watched it, and I was like, she's just complete because a there was like a lot of jealousy because it's it like, what is she? She's just a personality. That's it. And then I was like she is me this is what I want to be because I'm also the same old grumpy person who wants to complain about everything uh and uh, trying to be funny at the same time it <laughs> yeah. makes it interesting so so yes yeah so her yes
0: yeah. awesome awesome well Sachin thank you so much for being on the show this was super fun and I loved learning more about you and um mm-hmm. Tell people like where they can find you, where's your next show going to be? Plug your socials, like tell the people Mm -hmm. where they can find you.
1: Okay. I'm on Twitter as amsuchanas, which is A-M-S-U-C-H-A-N-A-S-S. I'm on Facebook. Facebook doesn't matter. I'm on Instagram under my last name and first name. There's no spaces in between. I don't know how to simplify it, but... It's just what it is. You, If you guys think I'm funny or I'm interesting enough, you'll find me. Uh, but I'm readily available on Twitter. Uh, um, um, if you want me to plug in my phone number, I will gladly do that. Uh, <laughs> if people want to hit me up and have a conversation, I'm ready to do that. But uh, Twitter, Instagram, I'm not on TikTok yet because I hate the medium, but uh, I might be on TikTok soon. But um instagram non bread podcast on all platforms on youtube on spotify everywhere
0: you have a show coming up any Uh, any... yes
1: i do i have um i have an open mic if you guys want to come watch me fail at an open mic it's at pinky space on saturday evening this saturday and oh, okay
0: I, i'll have to like i'll have to put that on the instagram or something because i think this isn't going to post before your show
1: that, yeah that's totally fine but i <laughs> i hope i'll be all over the city if i can I'm, I'm mostly might be at lol too in a month's time whenever this thing gets posted i'll be doing shows at lol and plus i'll be plugging a lot of stuff on non-bred podcast so that's uh, non-bred that's really it. Cool, yeah
0: All right. Well, everybody look in the show notes for all those links. And thank you so much for tuning in for another week of Are You Gonna Stay? I'm Laura Hemingway. I'll see you next time.